Can you get that from just like sniffing them? Wouldn't you have to like eat them? I don't. I guess I don't know. I have. I have no idea about drugs, Helena. This is Growing Up Millennial, a podcast about all that media we loved in the '90s and the early aughts. I am Adri. A geriatric millennial who grew up in a tropical island and now lives in what I affectionately call the devil's butthole, Texas. <laughs> I'm Helene, a quintessential millennial who just loves media so damn much that I made a career out of it. Um, and I did not grow up in or currently live in a tropical island. So Adri has that on me. Nor nor the devil's butthole. <laughs> no. No, quite the opposite, actually. What is the opposite of the devil's butthole? Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The angel's vagina. I don't <laughs> Is this how we're starting the new podcast? <laughs> I guess that's how we're starting it, guys. Hi, welcome. If this if you've never heard from us, um sorry. <laughs> Starting off strong. You, Starting off strong. If you've joined us from a tiny little podcast we like to call Archaeopolitics that is now over, hello, welcome back. It's your co-host again. <laughs> we're here. Oh, and we're not stopping. Anyway, <laughs> this season of Growing Up Millennial, uh, we are seeing double because it's all about the legends, the icons who started their career off as Baby Michelle and Full House, the Olsen twins. Also known as Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Also, also known as the designers behind the iconic fashion brand, The Row, which and... is, you know, out of my price range, but I like to look anyway. Oh, I've never looked, so maybe I should go check it out. Um, <laughs> but the sisters are actually more recently known as Elizabeth Olsen's oldest sisters because, you know, Scarlet Witch, WandaVision, all that yeah. fun stuff. Wow. Could you imagine to, like, pave a way and then be like, oh, yeah, now you're a celebrity, too. Great. Fantastic. I'm sure they're very happy for her. Oh, I'm sure they are. <laughs> I hope. Anyway, um, this episode is all about Passport to Paris, which was released on November 9th, 1999, and was directed by Alan Matter, who also directed Billboard Dad. Yes, and Mary-Kate and Ashley actually served as the film's executive producers on this film, and it is the first of seven direct-to-video films produced by Tapestry Films that star the Olsen twins. Yes, it is. Indeed, it is. So uh, could you read us the <laughs> summary that I so blatantly copied and pasted from Amazon.com? <laughs> oh, I actually wrote my own summary because I was doing Accio-Politics style. Ooh, but yeah. let's start with like what the the back of the box would say. Okay. And then we can go to on to yours. Okay. So from Amazon... <laughs> Uh, sorry, one second. My, I'm getting Facebook message notifications and I need to turn this shit off. From Amazon, 
When Mary-Kate and Ashley visit France, they pack their bags for fun and plot a rendezvous with adventure. Sent to Paris to visit their grandfather, the girls fall in love with France and fall head over heels for two French boys. Sightseeing on mopeds, they race around Paris on a mission to see the city, make new friends, and stay one step ahead of their uptight chaperone. From shopping at French boutiques to exploring Notre Dame and dinner dates with the Eiffel Tower, it's one hilarious exploit after another. Mademoiselle's Oh, God, I suck at French. Mademoiselles, Mary-Kate and Ashley, offer a passport to adventure in a très magnifique journey. Perfect. No notes. <laughs> Except give for my French. Your... My French is awful, but yes, no notes. Yeah, okay. um, give, me, give me your summary. I, now okay. I can't wait. All right. So, Melanie and Allison Porter are the coolest girls in seventh grade. Even though they get straight A's in school, their parents worry that their world is too small. Not everything can be about call waiting and going to the mall, of course. In hopes of widening their daughter's world worldviews a bit, mom and dad to surprise the girls with a trip to Paris during their spring break. But that's when Shane and Kyle, the two cutest boys in school, want to take them to the spring fling. The girls suck it up, and they take the free trip to visit their grandfather, who also happens to be the ambassador to France. Along the way, they torture their handler slash babysitter, Jeremy, become friends with a French supermodel named Brigitte, and meet two Parisian cuties, Jean and Michel. After a magical week in Paris, the girls went over their grumpy grandpa by helping him with some French foreign policy changes. Yep, that happens. And he lets them go to a dance where Jean and Michel's band are playing. The girls say goodbye to their new French hotties and return home only to blow off Shane and Kyle for bigger and better things. <laughs> I lost it at French hotties. <laughs> Heck yeah. I like have to tell you, I completely forgot that there was like the whole like impacting French foreign policy thing at the oh, end. Like that, <laughs> the most important of plot. Yes. I completely lost it anyway. <laughs> anyway, before we get onto our very deep thoughts about this uh, cinematic masterpiece. It's time for a segment we're calling the 411, where we're going to be talking about, you know, some little details that we have found by, you know, usually just going to Google.com and asking it questions, you know? It's not, it's not very scientific, our approach, but it is our approach. Um, one of my favorite 411 tidbits, Helene, is that American and Ashley got to pick their love interests from audition tapes. I mean, like I said, they were executive producers on this film. They had a, a lot of control, it seems, over the film. So that actually doesn't surprise me too much. But I'm very happy that they got to do that. I mean, women in business, honestly. Right. Like, they were With in charge of their own career. Suits, they're just watching. What right. <laughs> right. Well, um, I found out that uh, the, the Olsen twins actually had their very first ever on-screen kiss in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I I kind of saw that one little tidbit, but also, uh, not speaking of kisses, I don't know how to pivot out of this. Uh, you you mentioned earlier that it was produced by Tapestry Films. Um, it was like a dual star entertainment tapestry film, like classic team up. Um, but Tapestry Films, this is not something I didn't know. Perhaps other people are more worldly than I am. They've gone to Paris, of course, you know. Um, what was also the production company that behind 
certain movies that I have enjoyed, uh, starting with Wedding Crashers from 2005. Mm. Okay. She's All That, 1999. Oh, oh yeah. 2001 and the wedding planner also 2001 so let's just say that password to paris paved the way for these masterpieces well yeah not not only those amazing pieces but all seven of mary kate and ashley's direct-to-video films were tapestry of course of course i mean yes (laughs) it was the classic tapestry dual star entertainment team up that i was talking about earlier. exactly Exactly. but i just wanted you know to kind of dig deeper into what was this partner and what right. have they done with their lives after? And look at that. They've done a lot. Right. Well, the tidbit that I found that I thought was really interesting and honestly made a lot of sense um, after I watched the movie again was um, while there was some filming in Paris, which I'm sure we'll touch on later with like actual filming <laughs> locations, um, while they did do some filming in Paris, only a small portion of the filming actually happened in Paris. And the parts that did were mostly done without permits. Oh, I could totally see yeah, that which, as, a, as a grown-up rewatching. This. Right, which totally explains, which totally explains one specific scene that I just oh, lost my mind oh, in. Oh, oh, we will talk about this scene later. It is literally the scene that always <laughs> makes me lose my goddamn mind. It's amazing. Yep. So it is. It is a work of art. No pun intended. Oh, that was a good one. If you're in on the, if you're in on the joke, you're gonna be like, "Damn, Ragey, that was good." I mean, I have my moments. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So another uh, tidbit that I personally find very endearing: Um, Ethan Peck, who is now playing Spock on Star Trek Discovery, played Michelle, one of the love interests. You know who he... else he played? Okay, one second. Oh, okay, go <laughs> on, go on, go on, go on. I, uh, let me get this right out, and then you can talk to me about other things he played. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> he is also the grandson of Gregory Peck, one of the most popular film stars from the 1940s to the 1970s. In the year this was released, as in 1999, the American Film Institute named Eth- uh, not Ethan Peck, Gregory Peck, <laughs> the twelfth greatest male star of classic Hollywood cinema. Okay, so I don't know if I know Gregory Peck. Has has he been in anything that I would have watched? Do you think? Probably. Probably. I mean, if not, then we got to get you back to Turner Classic Movies and get you. Yeah, a I'm not. I'm not a big like. Yeah, black and white films that were always like as a kid. I like never wanted to watch them. So if it is black and white, I probably haven't yes it. it probably is um, <laughs> but as well as playing a young spock like you mentioned on star trek discovery and also star trek strange new worlds um he ethan peck also played young kelso on that 70s show he played a young <laughs> ashton kutcher <laughs> god bless god bless. isn't that amazing um yes uh speaking of filming locations did you know that the mansion the quote french mansion was actually a high school the one that their grandfather lives in? Yes. <laughs> Man, I mean, like I said, I, I that was one thing, like, th- that I knew must not have been filmed in Paris. Like, they did not film that in Paris. That yeah, did not happen. The Alverno, the Alverno High yeah. School in Sierra Madre, California. Um, that, that's so, very funny. I like that a lot. Yeah. That I was like, oh, yeah, this makes so much more sense. Uh, okay, let's be real. Like, first time I watched this, of course, I was like, clearly this is all in Paris. Paris. Wow. Right. Of course. Oh, so French. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously now having worked in the entertainment industry for a few years, I watch this and I'm like, yeah, this, they, they did not, they cut corners as much as they possibly could with this movie. I, I yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's a, a couple of things I can easily point out about yes. this. Like there's that, and, and we'll go a little bit more into this later, but I don't want to like tease right. the listeners too much, but like, that moment where <laughs> they're supposedly shopping, but not a one of them goes into the store with the camera. I was they always just so... come out with I, I noticed that and I was like, this is so strange. I need to know the thought process behind this. Like, <laughs> no one would let you. Well, yeah, but like no one in their, like, it's so unrealistic. No one in, your, in their right mind would let you take your stuff out of the store just to show the people on the street. And not in the store. Yeah, what of you're... course. Anyway, of course. we should. We'll get yeah. to that later. I'm sure. But that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just wanted to <laughs> point it out before, like, people just were yeah. like, "Yeah, now, listeners, it if is you want to just turn example. off the podcast right now, at least you got one tidbit of information." Right. It was the perfect example of of definitely like not having permits or or wanting to pay for the production of the uh, film i mean there's a there's a far more important example but we're not there yeah. yet no not yet so um let's, is let's it my keep turn? them on the hook <laughs> yeah okay ahead. so uh i had a couple of really interesting facts about well first of all neither of the actors who pro- who portrayed john uh sean and michelle um sean uh being brocker way and uh michelle being Ethan Peck, as we already talked john, about not sean john i think it's just john john Jean. Jean. Yeah, I, I kept. What was I saying? Best. Oh, yeah, it's like it's like. like oh, sorry, no, Jean. I don't know okay, how. Yeah. I, like my my French is really bad. Like I said, but neither okay. of those people, <laughs> neither of those boys, were French. They're both from California. Oh, so what you're saying is that you are Ali in in this scenario, where you're like, my French is very terrible. Oh no, no, <laughs> Ali actually knew Melanie knew no French at all. Melanie knew no French at all. Ali knew French. It was just bad. I would. Girl, if I were one of these love interests, I would not pass the test there at the end. No. Could not tell them apart. That's apparently. fair. That's fair. That, but And we'll get into it when they get into fashion stuff. But they actually did really interesting, like, stuff to, to make it so that you could tell them apart with their fashion alone. Oh, yeah. So. For um, sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, does is, does it have to do with pink and blue? Uh, yeah. At some points. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, for sure. Okay. Uh-huh. And then the only other thing that I had was that Brocker Way, who plays Jean, um, is the nephew of actor Kurt Russell. Oh, wow. Look at that. Nepotism is what we're learning today. This is Nepotism 101. Mm -hmm. Nepo baby. um, (laughs) Yeah, Nepo babies. All of them. I'm surprised (laughs) uh, Emma Roberts wasn't in this as a cameo or something. Um, (laughs) So the writers for this movie were Elizabeth Kruger and Craig Shapiro, who are actually a married team of writers, and they took over as showrunners for their Charmed reboot on season two, much to the dismay of some diehard fans. Oh, I couldn't even get through season one of the Charmed reboot, and I'm a huge Charmed fan. Maybe give season two a try. Maybe it has to get passport to Paris. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because the writing in this movie is just so, it's a good selling point for sure. <laughs> uh, it is uh, the selling point. I don't know what you're talking about, Helene. You know who else? This has nothing to do with this movie, but um, 
there there's another married team of writers that are that I love a lot. No, and we are not going to talk about Gilmore Girls in this fucking show right now. No. Amy and Amy and Daniel Sherman no. Palladino. Come on, no, they, they, okay. they have to earn entrance into this fine show. I mean, come on. When you when you say married team of writers, that's not the first thing that pops into your mind, really. No, me. What? Okay, married team of writers. Me and my husband. Done. Oh, you wrote what yeah. TV show did you guys write? What TV show was that? We are working on Olivia <laughs> Penelope Wilson right now. Okay, so oh. calm down. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when I say married team of writers or hear that phrase, the first people I think about is us, not anyone else, because <laughs> I'm self centered. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Checks out. <laughs> Not even one fucking episode in, and you're already making this about Gilmore Girls. No, we cannot get. I mean, this is slander, and I will not get behind it. Let's keep on going. What Let's do you finish. have against Gilmore Girls? Goodness, maybe we have to work through I have this. Nothing anger. against Gilmore Girls. This is not a Gilmore Girls season. We're talking about the Olsen twins. Let's focus. Okay. All right. Fine. Let's dish. Are you ready to dish? Yes. Let's dish. Okay. I have so many fucking notes about this movie. You do. You have way more notes than I do. That's true. Okay, so I have about three bullet points that are solely about the fucking font in this movie. The font is what? Like Comic Sans? I don't even... Comic Sans. (laughs) And... I don't think I can take it, Helene. Honestly, I'm like, why? Why would you do this to me? Why would you do this to us, to a generation? Honestly, the opening is like of this film is the most 90s thing I think I've ever seen in my life. It was like obviously made on like Premiere or whatever, like the very, very (laughs) first video editing software was. iMovie. It was I. It like was iMovie. <laughs> yeah. It was like a very basic, like throw some stuff about Paris um, on the background and just move it around with and then put people's names on top of it for the credits. It was amazing um, and also awful, horrible. <laughs> um, there's also a quite a long shot of a nail polish Lazy Susan inside a locker. Yes, and yeah, and then she like closes her locker, but she definitely doesn't close it all the way. Correct. That seemed a little weird. I just wanted to comment on this. Yeah, what thirteen year old so much lay polish and right in seventh grade? Yeah, what thirteen year old needs that many lipsticks, especially like in her locker? It was like thirty lipsticks on that lazy Susan. I thought it was nail polish. Oh, was it? I thought it was. Yeah, could have been both. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, You know, who knows? Probably people who are going to go watch the movie and pause yeah well you <laughs> know what us. you know what who cares anyway okay anyway um <laughs> other thoughts i had do you have more thoughts about the opening up until that point not not up until that point no uh okay. no okay because I, I have way more <laughs> okay so shane of Shane and what's his face kyle Ky- kyle kyle i don't know don't care shane, uh, shane looks a lot like lance bass was he the blonde one? I I did not. Yes. I couldn't. Like people were like they were talking about how people couldn't tell them apart. I I didn't know who was who in that. And um, one of them was a brunette, and one of them was a blonde. Wow. Yeah, Kyle <laughs> kind of looked like like he had like the the middle part with like the, he was kind of like Jonathan Taylor Thomas vibes, like brown hair, middle part, like swoopy bangs in the front. 
Yeah, like super discounted JTT. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Lance Bass. Oh my god, both of those, both of those guys dated Michelle or uh, not Michelle, Danielle Fischel from Boy Meets World. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> okay. Um. Then the the lingo, right? The SNC. That class is so SNC. Snooze and cruise. Oh my god! If we're already to the dinner with mom and dad, we definitely yes. skipped some big stuff here that I oh, need no. to. Well, because I was so traumatized by the font choices, Celine. <laughs> well, okay. So oh, that, and that it's true. Callie has split ends. I will never not for, for you know not yes. remember that. Yeah, the the Kelly Hospital ends when they're lo- okay. So they're looking for people who did not just watch this movie. They're they're in science class and they're looking at this girl's hair under a microscope. And the woman that is like having her hair looked at looks no younger than thirty years old, and she's supposed to be like their classmate. <laughs> she looks <laughs> so old compared to them. And, <laughs> and then they're just looking at her hair under the microscope, and it's like. That's that's it. Callie has split ends. OMG! No, like, it, but it goes, it, like, but the it's funny how they intone it too because it's it's just a masterclass in acting because it goes. It's true. Callie does have split ends or something like that. Or yeah. Kelly has split ends. Yeah. And then the next, the very next thing was I I freaking died. They're like talking about all the class, like, oh, we take science. And then it does like the microscope with the with the hair. And the, yeah. Oh, we take English or language or whatever. And the, the girl says she was totally edging on my squeeze. So I dinged her with a bounce bounce in the numbers lab. <laughs> And numbers lab is math class, yes. yeah. So yeah, so it, it, yeah, it means she was totally like flirting with my man. So I hit her with an eraser in math class. Honestly, Helene, think <laughs> about us trying to write a movie for this new generation, and we would come up with shit that is probably worse than that. I'm okay, sure, but. I don't know if I can ever refer to an eraser as anything other than a bounce bounce for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> well, that that is the contribution that that team of writers, uh, Elizabeth Kruger and Craig Shapiro, made for your life. So, I think, okay, but but did did thirteen year old girls in nineteen ninety nine speak like this, or was no, this just completely like? No, okay, no, no. Helene, this is like if you and I, with no knowledge about this generation that is now in seventh grade. Right. Tried to figure out how to write a movie about seventh graders without talking to them, observing them, nothing. Like, oh, let's let's just um, would this like lingo sound to you? Like, and then they could be <laughs> saying something that makes sense, and you're like, yeah, yeah, let's punch it up. Let's, let's yeah. Let's I don't do know, this. man. I, don't I, know. I was I was alive in 1999, albeit I was only six years old, but I was alive, and I don't. I've never heard the words bounce bounce or like numbers lab or you know who no. and like edging on my squeeze sounds like something's like some that someone in the 50s would say like she was edging on my squeeze like also that's like edging edging is like a word yeah, it's very serious <laughs> connotations it's isn't it like sexual it's i think it's yeah, sexual yeah yeah it's, like, yeah. it's yeah. not it's not family friendly for this movie yeah, it's, I'm telling you, someone just wrote like, I uh, this this lingo almost makes me convinced that ChatGPT existed in 1999, and they just were like, <laughs> "Give me what would a 12 year old say?" And ChatGPT was like, 
she was <laughs> on my squeeze. So. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Also, before we get to the dinner, there was, um, <laughs> I'm sure you noticed this. I fought back the physical urge to text you while I was watching it because I wanted to save it for the podcast. Um, the fact that one of the stupid blonde cheerleaders' names is Helene. It's Helene. Oh. <laughs> I oh, I fought the urge. So I hard. died. I screamed. I screamed. I paused it, and I went back and I turned subtitles on because apparently you can still do that with old DVDs. Because I watched mine on a DVD. Um, yeah, and it's like it's spelled like my name and everything. Uh, yeah, no. I Dar- <laughs> Darlene and Helene, right? Yeah, Helene and Darlene, and it's like one of one they like called brain dead and the other they called clueless but they never like explained which one was helene and which one was darlene they're just like two blonde cheerleaders so i was like am i brain dead or am i clueless which one am i i want to know which one is helene you know we could we could definitely just go up and ask the writers i'm sure oh they would take time off their busy schedule running a fucking show and tell us (laughs) right right exactly um gotta go call those guys up the non Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls writers. Uh, <laughs> and then literally right after you meet Helene and Darlene, we get the amazing E. coli and F. coli. <laughs> oh, yeah. That e. coli and F. coli. <laughs> when they're trying worms. to like, so they're trying to freak the girls out about the meatloaf that they're eating. Um, saying that like five kids went home sick uh, after eating today's meatloaf. Um, they had E. coli and F. coli. <laughs> All the colis, the entire alphabet. Yeah, and then they like took like a like a black, like gummy worm, and like pretended that it was on their plate, and was like, "Oh yeah, well, look at what they found in your food!" And then they like scream and run away. Yeah. So so that the boys will ask them out instead of Helene and Darlene. It's okay. I went out anyway, though, because I still get to go to the dance with them. Because I'm not going to Paris. <laughs> you may be brain dead and or clueless, but guess what? You're going to the damn damn. Hell yeah. Helene's forever. Yas. <laughs> All right. So they get to the dinner. They're having dinner with their parents. Yes. The parents are like, oh, my God, these girls are so, like brain dead all they care about is call waiting in the mall my whole thing is like okay mom but like a day at a mall is pretty cool like i don't know Uh, yeah i was like dude they're 13 year old girls can you give them a break like (laughs) yeah can we get to the part where the the parents tell them about the the trip to paris Yes, but really quick, the phone headsets that they wear while they oh are God. washing and drying dishes to call their are friends. Are they running a call center? Like, what is going uh, on? Okay, yeah. I mean, I literally, like, never in my life did I see normal people walking around using those for, like, normal reasons and not at a call center. Exactly. I don't know. That, that was kind of weird. But, They're literally you know. wearing... <laughs> so weird anyway yes all right um, so the parents go and tell them about like their trip to paris as they're like you're turning 13 congrats basically uh gift mm-hmm. and there's like an interesting camera work choice that happens here where they like zoom in on one of the twins saying no into their and mouth I, and come yeah. out of the other twin's mouth 
Yeah, that was like a I fun like, but I, also really weird optical zoom type thing. Yeah, so I was thinking like, do you think like whoever did the cinematography or like even just the director was like, I am making capital A art. Art, yeah. <laughs> so we are going to do this a very... Well, you had to, they have to capture, <laughs> they have to capture the drama. Like this is, it is so just life ending that these girls have to go on a free trip to Paris instead of going to a dance. How dare they miss their spring fling? But also question what school holds a dance during spring break? Yeah, I don't know. That seemed like pretty sus to me. Yeah, I'm like, hold hold dances when kids are definitely like have to like are going to be in town. Like a lot of people and a lot of families like travel over spring break. Why would you do it during a break? That's weird. I don't know. California laws. I don't know. Yeah, it was odd. It was really odd. Well, they had to give them something that they'd have to miss, I guess. Right. Narratively speaking. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you these people didn't have kids that age. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was so weird because like, yeah, it was obviously like, oh, my God, no, for like two seconds. But it, like it didn't pay off because then they were just like, OK, I guess we can't go. Bye. And then they it did, like didn't matter. They it, they moved also, on so packing- fast. The packing montage, like, um, excuse me, why do they pack the way I do? <laughs> why do I pack like a twelve-year-old? Or they just like apparently? throw full like things in their in their suitcase without you know trying to protect them at all. Like they think I think they threw like a whole plastic like makeup case yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, there was like a Titanic reference in there. I don't know if you caught that. Oh yeah, it was. Oh yeah, like something about something about the titanic liking icebergs or something but it was about the grandpa right yeah i don't know it was just it was it's kind of weird it's just as much as the titanic like icebergs or whatever or and then i was like oh my heart it does go on yeah there's definitely definitely that okay now we get okay so the we get that shot where they're in front of the house they had their uh, blue and pink backpacks that I wanted so much. Those were it. For so me. this is uh, you mean this is after they've flown with no, the no, great no, graphics. No. Oh no, no when no, they're no. leaving their house Before. in California. No, yes, okay. I wanted to talk about those graphics. Don't okay, okay. <laughs> I thought you meant like the house, like their grandfather's house, but no. Okay, so they're leaving their house in California to go to the airport. They got their they yes. got their uh, paper tickets because, of course, no yep. electronic tickets back then. Um, this is also pre nine eleven, so I'm sure that the parents were able to walk them into their freaking seats. But they didn't. Airplane. They they didn't even get it. Like somebody else drove that car to the airport. The parents were not even in the car when the car drove away. Well, yeah. Well, maybe the embassy sent it. I don't know. Yeah, like they. It was like like if Uber existed back then, because it, it wasn't a cab. They just got into like a green SUV and just. Like, well, you could hi- you could still hire cars, and it's not yeah. a taxi. Yeah, so yeah. like, uh, like they got money. Like these girls got money. Yeah. Um, so they also have like the haggard mom slash fun dot combo a situation in that scene. And previously, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Why always the mom has to be like haggard and like no fun. Um, and then we ha- get to the plane ride, which has whew, some special effects that we will see later as well. <laughs> yeah, they're the graphics. I mean, it's 1999, so I guess I can't be that surprised. But the, I mean, like 
this is another, this was another reason that I knew the the movie had like zero budget. Like they did not even try. Someone like drew this in paint and like <laughs> motionized it. I don't know. It was okay, listen. I feel like it, okay. I want to explain for those of us who just didn't watch this movie. Like there is a simulation of a plane with passing by a comically large statue of liberty mm-hmm. but also as it's going to france there's a comically large eiffel tower that's literally the entirety of france is just the eiffel tower and nothing else and it just screamed where where in the world is carmen san diego do you remember that like game yes. from the 90s literally yes. that um question because i don't know exactly because you, when you're flying from california to paris do you fly over the entire united states i have and no like, idea girl. would they would they have passed the the statue of liberty or would they have gone I like would, so. okay i don't know exactly how that all works but I I, like, they definitely like talk about how they are like from LA. They lived in LA. Like she specifically says LA. So I was like, okay. But there was like weird. a Statue of Liberty, or am I making it up? No, you. There was there. It was there for sure. I mean, okay. yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, the Statue of Liberty is on the opposite coast. Like, what is happening here? Yeah, maybe they had to fly to New York first. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they got a, there was like a security clearance thing they had to do. Can't stop it. All right. So (laughs) we, okay, we got to Paris uh, or Mm -hmm. what we are told is Paris, right? Um, And we meet. Well, wait, first we're in the, we're in the cab and they're literally just like calling out every single like. Yes. Um, and i'm like i'm like okay you are 13 year old girls i don't think that you know what all of these places are called or would be able to identify them on site because it wasn't just like the eiffel tower like yeah everybody can look at that and know that that's the eiffel tower but it was like notre dame like i don't know what notre dame looks like i've heard about it i don't know what it looks like how did i I mean 13 year old girls know what it looks like in the in the 90s yeah and like the oh like oh here's the Arc de Triomphe and I'm like okay like yeah I would have looked at it and been like oh that's a really cool like big arch thing I would not have known the name <laughs> like why did they know all these things these girls contain multitudes Helene don't yeah they know? were they were very very well written or well read on their uh, their Parisian history in this movie okay so they get to the uh, high school in California that we're supposed to pretend is the embassy in Paris <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, where we meet, I feel Mike far more important than their grandfather, a man named Jeremy Bluff. Jerry man, J man, I love J man. <laughs> and he's one of those actors. I I forget his name, but he, it's one of those actors that's literally in everything. Like you, you it's recognize like a character him. Actor. Yeah, yeah, like you recognize him, but you don't know exactly why. He has like a bazillion credits on IMDb. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of those, you know, they get an ambassador grandpa. All I got was an alcoholic one. Then they also get Francois <laughs> and Henri, uh, who is not a fan of mac and cheese. If we're, be- if we, if he is to be believed, he's not a fan of anything except for snooty old French food. Apparently we also meet the <laughs> butler. Wait, did you say the butler? Yeah. Francois. Uh, oh, oh, Francois. Okay. Yes. Francois is the butler. Henri is the, is the cook, the chef. Uh, Henri um, is like, like that. This, isn't there like a Muppet who cooks? 
Oh my gosh. And his yes. friend. Yeah, I forget his name, he's but like I know that. exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> he's literally that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's big old snooty snoot. Uh, yeah. French French chef. The girls get to their room, which is like huge and whatever. And the first thing they do is put on rap music and put up posters and jump in on the a bed. Room. Well, well, wait. Put up posters in a room they are going to stay in. But for a week, why yeah. would you have to put Wyclef Jean posters? <laughs> yeah, uh, they're really they're really making themselves a home. Uh, of course, when two teenage girls are alone, the first thing they want to do is jump around jump on, bed. on beds and dance yeah. and also draw fake mustaches with eyeliner on their on faces. Themselves. Yes. And, and impersonate the snooty French chef. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, what All was the? the she, let me one second. The line she says when she's wearing it, it's she says the American cooking tastes like caca poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> that is what she says when she's wearing a mustache on her face. Well, uh, but that doesn't last too long because Grandpa marches right up the stairs and is like, "Not here, ladies. You are going to." be good and proper while you're under my roof kind of right and like this entire thing i'm like i'm like why did he mention the fucking mustache should have been like yeah no one said that was completely it was completely like just ignored by everybody uh but also they're like oh 10 minutes in paris and we're already in trouble (laughs) like yeah you little you little troublemakers Goodness, why were you dancing to music loudly in your room? How dare you? Uh, Americans, no sense of culture. Anyway, we're at dinner, right? Yes. Yes, we're at dinner and they're eating escargot. And their grandpa was like, oh, I didn't know you girls like snails. And then they, of course, we get a lot of nice food gags in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a we get a spit take, uh, but this first one we they fling the escargot right onto Francois's face. Poor Francois. Um, oh yeah, he gets he's the he's the receiver of many food in face things Moments, in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, but then they then they um, get offered a number of different French foods, like um, what was it? Force fed goose liver. And mm-hmm. frog legs in a lemon butter sauce, and um, oh, calf's brains. Yeah, yeah, all these things that sound very appetizing to me as a thirty-seven-year-old. You know, I mean, I actually am a huge fan of escargot. I love it. I have. I've always loved escargot since I was a kid. To be honest, it's kind of weird because it just tastes like an oyster, kind of. And I'm a huge oyster person. So disgusting. I cannot believe we're friends. You're yeah. disgusting. I love a big salty vinegary Mm, but but understandably these 13 year old girls are not here for that food and they instead decide to sneakily try and order a pizza (laughs) (laughs) which by the way comes from pizza hut like not like not just like any pizza place oh speaking of probably be better but yeah speaking of we have i think at least three brand name drops in this film we have american airlines they like specifically say and show 
an American Airlines plane when the, oh, that they fly. because guess what? Guess who paid for all the travel? American right. Airlines. Yeah, so yeah. American Airlines, and then we get Pizza Hut called out specifically with the Pizza Hut box, and then McDonald's, which Francois specifically calls Mickey Donald's, which is really cute. Um, yeah. Later on in the film too, so I'm wondering if the if those were all the sponsors in this film, but they probably. Oh, were. I'm sure. I'm sure they were on top of you know other people. Right. Um. So the first day they're in Paris, the first full day is a museum day, right? So they go, they go meet Jeremy, and right in front of the Louvre, they meet. They almost they almost get run over by these two dickheads on mopeds, but the dickheads turn out to be cute little 13 year old french guys yeah it could you know it could have been a taken moment honestly like this movie right. could have been taken it was i was at uh, first i was like is this gonna go dark like <laughs> are they gonna <laughs> like oh no this could be really bad just you know just showing us that the line between romance and a thriller <laughs> is very thin <laughs> yep yeah but nope this is this is when we meet little jean and michelle but and uh they they were like oh yeah i'll take the one in the red like just they're just splitting up like the girls the girls boys. say that about yes. the boys yes um yes. The, bo- the boys just stop to give them flowers and then leave um, and speed off yes but Allie, Allie, the the little leaving but a name yes to... right uh but Allie, the little uh uh you know detail person she she sees that the back of their carts say i think it was like le fleur de chance uh-huh. um which is the flower shop that they were working at so that's how they get uh found later on and, yeah and we'll talk about how they find these boys because yes come on really but um, no, we're getting to i think one of the most iconic scenes okay so, <laughs> so guys guys as we talked earlier they did film in paris but they have zero permits to film anywhere so yes. all we get is a lot of exterior shots which you know beautiful because paris is very beautiful but <laughs> instead of being like they go into the louvre they get out of the louvre and they're defeated i feel like i would accepted this far more than what we did get which was the Olsen twins walking <laughs> through a green screen simulation of what often my friend describes as a Encyclopedia Britannica montage from the CD of like Encyclopedia Britannica. When you yeah, it's like, like yeah, like the more you know, like things flying all over the screen, like yeah, like it's like um, I, I, at first it's just like obvious, like that it, it's a digital recreation of the Louvre, and they're just kind of like you know, it's like they fake walking, out, and then like, okay, here, here, okay, here, here. I think I think I've cracked it. It's like they started the the artist started to really try to recreate the Louvre digitally, and he like submitted like. Mm-hmm. Like the first three or four seconds, right? Like, hey, here's my first draft to like recreate everything like you want it. It's going to be, you know, half a half a half a million dollars or whatever, because it's very time consuming. And they said, we'll pay you twenty grand tops. You do with this what you want, and that's what he did. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, it's great because. We we get them like they they you can tell they're trying at least for like the first like thirty seconds, and then all of a sudden the the paintings start flying off of the walls 
and Aileen, just, that was the first draft right before yeah swimming flying. they're swimming yeah. around in the air and like mary kate and ashley are like pretending to duck and like not get hit in the head with a flying painting as one does at the louvre and <laughs> and then eventually as it's like it's supposed to be showing like the descent of like oh this is really cool to like we're so fucking bored we want to you know blow our heads off like there it's like showing them like really just losing interest the whole time and as it starts to show them like losing interest and in being less excited by all the flying paintings, because I guess that's what happens in the Louvre. I've never been, so I cannot confirm or deny. Um, the the like picture starts to get like all fuzzy, and it looks kind of like they're on LSD all of a sudden. Yeah, no, and honestly, they were on shrooms. Like you cannot <laughs> convince me that they weren't on shrooms, and this was all just. Like a recreation of what they saw in their minds in the Louvre. Like I, yeah. and that would make way more sense to me. Yeah, it was. It was very trippy. Um, Ooh, what if the flowers were laced with shrooms? The flowers that the Plot boys twist. gave them. Yeah. The, what, oh my goodness! <laughs> well, can, can you get that from just like sniffing them? Wouldn't you have to like eat them? I don't. I guess I don't know. I have. I have no idea about drugs, Helene. I'm just. The flowers had both E. coli and F. coli, and that is a really <laughs> bad combination. <laughs> yeah. It's just a hallucinogenic. And G. coli. All the colis. All the colis. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously this is... Um... Also, like, I just have questions. Like, did the BBC not want to help out? I'm sure that they have, like, sound stages or sets that, like... I'm sure they They didn't. could have was... used too expensive i'm i'm sure it had to have been money because yeah they was like we we can't shoot we don't have permits to shoot in the louvre we don't want to spend the money to shoot in the louvre so we're just gonna do a complete digital recreation that descends into mushroom madness (laughs) instead (laughs) okay so i at some point stopped taking notes and the first time i started again was when they made brigitte is there anything between now uh, the louvre and brigitte that you want to talk about uh no because my next note isn't until the montage of them and the boys hanging around in paris by themselves oh wow brigitte didn't even get a mention Oh, I talk about notes. her. A li- I talk about her a little later on, but I, I just think I, I was, I had no notes. Okay, up until so this they, part. Okay, so they get out of the museums and they're like trying to avoid Jeremy and being sneaky. They duck off to this cafe where, where. Uh, well, no, they're at the they're at the cafe with Jeremy, and then Jeremy is then, like on the phone and okay, gets so up Jeremy to like. Has to leave. Yeah. To get a, a, an important phone call or whatever. Right. Okay. Thank you for keeping me honest. Right. And and, and uh, Allie tries to order drinks, which it's funny because if she had used her French right, she would have literally just ordered drinks. Like the word means drinks. It doesn't mean like a specific drink. So I don't know what the waitress would have brought her, <laughs> but instead she actually accidentally uses the word for fish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Also, the, the waitress is awful because she orders two poisson or whatever it was, um, and the waitress brings her one fish. Well, maybe she's like, "Oh, these kids—they're tiny. They can—they can share." Yeah, she's like, even if she thought she was ordering fish, she definitely ordered two. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> so then they meet Brigitte, the Parisian supermodel that is all over there. The 
you know, the magazines they read. Uh, And Brigitte is wearing a cowboy hat, which I have thoughts on, and we will come back to those later. But and I that's not the mean, first time, or it's not the only time she wears a cowboy well, hat in this movie. Yeah, but this is not the only cowboy hat in the movie, and it's not the only hat work in the movie. Where I, we we have a fashion segment that we will discuss this in. So, just wanted to point that out. Oh yes, um, and she orders these little girls, not juice, not water, not full fat Coke, no diet, but diet Coke. Coke. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Well, I mean, I think back in that time, Diet Coke was like in having its biggest moment. Because like that's when I, mean, I got addicted did it to Diet ever Coke. Stop? No, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that like everyone and their mother drank Diet Coke for breakfast, lunch, and dinner back in the 90s. Like, I'm that's that was my recollection of it at least. <laughs> like, okay, so then we cut to the next morning. Where the twins have enacted a plan to meet their, uh, what is it that you call them? Parisian French, hotties? French hotties or Parisian hotties. Both of them work. Yes. <laughs> and what they did is they bought themselves flowers and got them delivered at the embassy. Mm-hmm. Uh, delivered. And, and they just happen to be delivered by those two boys, which is great. Yeah, they, because they're very short-staffed, obviously. Um, Helene, come on. Get with the program. Of course. Yeah. And um, convince these boys to ditch their work to hang out to go with these l- two girls. Yeah, to go have lunch with them. And then they yeah. just invite them to lunch with them and Jeremy. And Jeremy is just like, okay, fine, I guess. Um, and then they uh, leave in the back is- of the mopeds and leave Jeremy to, like, chase after them. No, I think I think yeah. the boys are going to follow Jeremy to the restaurant, is, is what I thought it was happening. But this is where we learn that Jean... Um, speaks barely any English whatsoever. Um, And Allie's French, as we've learned, is not great. Um, As opposed to Melanie's French, which doesn't exist, but conveniently, Michelle speaks almost perfect English. (laughs) Correct, correct. I honestly think that Allie got the short end of the stick with that, though. Like, who wants, like, it sucks that you can't, like, connect with your guy because you can't speak the same language as them. That sucks. They seem to connect all right. Um, I just wanted to say Allie and Mal are terrible influences on these young boys' uh, work ethic. Yeah. Uh, the The mother and me jumped out at that. Oh, yeah. These girls are awful influences in general. They're just really bad influences. I can only hope that Olivia Penelope is. A bad influence on someone else at some point. And listeners who are not privy to the, our private lives, that, that that is the name of Adriana's baby. She has a child, just so you oh, know. Oh, yes, I am someone's mother, which, which brings me <laughs> no shortage of fear and <laughs> incredulity, the fact that I am someone's mother now. <laughs> fair. I think that's a fair feeling to have. Okay. Um, we also learned that the boys are part of a band, and the name of such band, are you ready for it, guys, is Videoheads. Yep, Videoheads. It's like Radiohead, but, like, slightly different. <laughs> it's like Radiohead for the MTV generation. Yes. Yes. Videohead. Um, so they have, they have lunch with the boys. Um, also, I think this is the one where I... My favorite interaction of all time, my favorite lines of Jean the entire time is like about how he likes American girls over French girls. That's a little bit later, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. but I'm going to still talk about it because I just love it. Because he, yeah. he was like, because 
French girls are snooty, like, <laughs> but American girls, they go like, bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Yeah. Basically, in Jean's world, American girls are funny and French girls are too full of themselves. Um, I mean, in John's world, I feel like also American girls are a little bit more receptive to being talked to. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But about this lunch, though. So they're at this lunch with Jeremy, who is just getting nauseous at the thought of these kids like drooling over each other. And um, as he should. Yes. And Jeremy goes to the bathroom. And while Jeremy's in the bathroom, the waiter comes over and Allie tries to order like chicken with the sauce on the side. And the waiter's just like, <laughs> no, we don't do sauce on the side. And she's like, why? And he's like, we just don't do it. You have to have the sauce on your chicken. And Jean just jumps up, yells like a bunch of shit in French at this waiter, like reaming him out for not letting her order what she wants. And then he's just like, okay, fine. I'll give you chicken with sauce on the side. Right. So this whole thing happens and like there's this whole fight between Jean and the waiter. And then immediately after they leave, they're, they leave. They're just like, OK, well, let's go show you what the real Paris looks like. And I'm like, you just had this whole fight with the waiter about what you wanted to order. And then you're not even staying around to eat it. No one has eaten anything. These girls barely eat at all in this movie. And so they leave. And then immediately as they leave, Jeremy comes back. <laughs> to see that they're not there and starts freaking out and but they and they seem to have had enough time to to give a note to the host at the restaurant who then hands Jeremy a note that says we'll yeah. meet you back at the embassy at five and I'm like this all happened in the span of three seconds how did this how did this work it's the magic of film like, and then we see, yeah, and then we see them on the motorbikes with the girls on the back, just zipping away, waving goodbye to Jeremy as they leave him behind. Well, and then he he yells something that will never not be funny to me, which is "Think of my career," <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that's what thirteen year old girls care about is is this random thirty five year old man's career, right? <laughs> Mister Bluff, come on, you were thirteen once, exactly. Okay, so they're on the mopeds. Right. I had a note about the mopeds. Okay, go ahead. This is also where the mom in me jumps out. Again, I am someone's mother. It is terrifying. Well, comma, at least they're wearing helmets. Literally my note on this. Yeah. And and as you'll notice, sometimes their helmets are like actually fastened. Sometimes they're not. You know, they're, it's not great. <laughs> Whatever. It's not great. Um, but, Continuity is not great. Th then we get a, a beautiful montage, which in 90s movies, montages are just height of, of media back then. So we get the montage of the girls. Cinema. It's the heart of oh, Exactly. Cinema. Yes. So we get this amazing cinematic montage of the girls hanging out with the boys in Paris. And literally the montage just consists of them literally just running around, literally physically running just around different places, like chasing each other or whatever. Um, and then they briefly stop into a French bakery, buy baguettes and then run out. Go to the, and, no. And then go to the Eiffel tower and have baguette sword fights in front of the Eiffel tower. Um, I mean, and art. I'm like, first of all, they've got, they've got to be tired. Like they literally just ran for, and cause this is like, and and then they like go back at four forty five is when they realize we have to go back. So it's like probably around like three four hours of this because they just like let ditched lunch to go do this. 
um, for like four hours of just running around. Like all they did was run literally physically. I'm like, ah, I'd be so tired. <laughs> is this what like an, a teenager's idea of fun is in Paris? Maybe, maybe. I don't know, ma'am. Oh man. Um, so uh, after all of this is happening, all I can think about is I feel sorry for all those people who didn't get their flowers delivered that day um, uh, because yeah. they just ditched, <laughs> you know? Um, and then there's like a scene, um, maybe it's mid montage where Michelle is, is explaining art to Al, uh, to Mel. I think that's, I think that's the next day when they're on the bridge or maybe, okay. maybe not, maybe not. I don't remember. Like, if boys wouldn't boysplain art to us, would we ever understand art? Well, I mean, like, it was pretty I'm obvious thinking- that she 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 did not. She literally looked at it for 0. 0.3 seconds and then turned to leave. And he was like, wait, no, stop. Look at it. Like, I mean, I just thought, like, the the first thought about, like, the, look, I'm, we'll get to this. Love Michelle. I'm not saying he's bad. It was just, like, the archetype of this boy is yeah. that he's going to grow up to be an insufferable asshole in an mfa somewhere in the nation like just just voice explaining things to women who are there to make art as well maybe but she seemed receptive to it she wasn't pissed well, off about just it. because one person is receptive doesn't mean he can do it to everyone that's true well we don't have we don't have evidence that he does it to everyone or will do it to everyone but no, i see what I you're saying, saying like <laughs> I love Michelle, but at that part, I was like, well, he's going to be that guy in an MFA class. That's fair. I could, I could see that. Maybe, <laughs> possibly. Um, All right. So next day is yes. very interesting. Yes. So they, they're trying to figure out how they can meet the boys at the bridge at two. Mm-hmm. And they decide to change the itinerary. So instead of going to another museum, which they're so sick of museums right now. Museums are so boring. They change it to go to the Luxembourg Gardens, which if you were paying attention in the Brigitte scene, we didn't talk about this, but in the Brigitte scene, she says that on Thursday, she's doing a photo shoot at Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. And the so garden. they at the gardens. So they change the itinerary so that they go to Luxembourg Gardens at on Thursday and accidentally run into Brigitte. Uh, who just happens to be the or- they orchestrate the dorkiest meet cutes of all time. I loved uh, there was like a segment here where he was explaining something to her about the macarena being something that helped him win a deal or whatever. I think it was a Saudi prince. He was like the Saudi yeah, yeah, prince was like, I will sign your your cords your if deal you or whatever. yeah mm-hmm. if you teach me the macarena. And she's like, what did you do? And he just like. Starts doing the Macarena. It was cute. <laughs> and like, and then Mel and Allie are like, should we do a citizen's arrest? And I lost it. <laughs> yeah, because like, it was like the geek was a freak show or whatever. Um, but but I have to say. Work, though, no, not. Work yeah, her, her, her black, like fuzzy, fuzzy hat. hat. But can I just say, I love the idea that they, they had this supermodel in this movie and they decided to make her smart as fuck with a master's degree and a dissertation on international relations and the Middle East. And then later, then later she talks about wanting to go get a PhD, which I was like, this girl, I find she's the best thing in this movie. I love Brigitte. She's awesome. Also, I was just so tired about thinking about all that studying and working girl like 
I know you're wearing a furry hat that looks like one of those microphone things, like they mm-hmm. put on microphones, but and it looks silly as shit. But yeah, her hat was tired. That was really funny. I, I'm like, is I'm guessing she must be modeling for some sort of fashion brand. Um, but yeah, probably. Yeah. No idea All what. Right, so. But anyway, her and Jeremy, her and J-Man hit it off. um, (laughs) And she convinces him to let them go meet the boys at the bridge at two, like they were supposed to. Yeah. And then that is a success. What do you have next? I did not take notes until the dinner scene with the French prime minister. So, uh, Oh, I took, (laughs) wait, wait. Okay. My next note is about Jeremy bringing them uh, contraband McDonald's like it's a drug deal and <laughs> yes <laughs> and him forgetting to get the <laughs> the milkshakes because he's poor <laughs> he's, he's like, like I, oh. I, I only had a like, certain amount of money and then later he takes them out for the milkshakes anyway I'm like where did you get the other money from where's the money from didn't, weren't you out he, pro- well probably from Henri because what we didn't talk about is Henri gets to experience the delicacy of american cuisine firsthand mickey donald's as he calls it mickey donald's as he calls it and he falls in love with hamburgers and french fries so much so that french fries are in the breakfast for the yes but he he makes crinkle cut fries for the grandfather for the breakfast the next day also did you notice in the background okay this is something that really troubled me in the background of that scene there was the French maid in a yeah. French maid outfit. Who was dancing around, yeah. Dancing around. And I was like, is this? Are we? Too we're getting sexual? That we're getting sexual here? Like, is that the ambassadors? Like, little hottie? Like, I, yeah. Like, I was is, like, what is this? This? Just, this just became a different movie for me. <laughs> yeah. But no, she's just jamming out to, to Amy and Melanie or Allie and Melanie's music and then does the sick ass dance move at the end of the scene where she yes, like yeah. throws her leg up and like falls back. And I was like, dang, girl, she's getting into it. Yeah. No, America corrupting France. Right. Um, <laughs> then they have a day with Brigitte of shopping, right? Yes. Yes, Brigitte takes them shopping. And that's and we get... where, my friends, that's where they go shopping. But not one store. We we do not see the inside of one store. Like, it is just, they run out of the store holding an item that they are asking the other two people who are outside of the store waiting for them, by the way, to a, a yay or a nay situation. Yeah, it's like one of those, it's like a basic fa- fashion montage where in normal things that people would be coming out of the dressing room wearing different things saying like how does this look and then the other people would be like yay or nay or like yeah whatever. exactly except that they don't have they can't go into the shops <laughs> so they're and literally all, leaving and it's leaving. all accessories as far as i could tell like yeah, there's it's not like, a top there yeah it's like bags and shirts bags and yeah. scarves and stuff and hats yeah and they just like walk out of the store with the merchandise Without obviously with like multiple different like bags or multiple different scars or whatever to show them like all the options and then go back in and go grab something and not else. Paying for one of them. Yeah, and I'm like, there is not a chance in hell that as any store owner would just let you leave with like armfuls of merchandise that you haven't paid for. <laughs> okay, and then this gets me to my next cowboy hat point, which is where yes. we see 
more cowboy hat work uh, in which we see a blue cowboy hat and a, and a pink, pink cowboy hat yeah. Yeah. as well as a cow print oversized louchy top hat looking thing oh my god i, I loved it flowers around yeah. it i loved it i was i was like obsessed with it it was like a big huge fuzzy Floppy. cow print top top hat with um yeah. like lined lined with sunflowers around yes. like the rim yeah and it was so cute <laughs> I, actually, I cannot believe that we have this different. Okay. I mean, I the obviously would never wear show, it. The first but... item of the show is going to be about this goddamn hat. I would never wear it, but I thought it was adorable. I would much prefer it to a freaking cowboy hat. God, oh, no. I'm saying that the. Okay. What I'm trying to say here is, and I will get more into it during our fashion segment, is that the yeah. hat work in this movie was atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, they should have just not done any hats. I mean, um, Melanie wears a, a an array array of different like headscarves, like uh bandanas. Uh, the bandanas. Yeah, yeah, they look great. And those were Leave good. Those there. were fine. Yeah, and then Allie had some really real Yeah, and then like, Allie had some really cute headbands. Yeah. Yeah, the headbands and the bandanas, great, beautiful, yeah. fantastic. The hat work, terrible. Yeah, nice. agreed. Come on. I can agree. I can agree with you on it. Except for that that cow print sunflower hat was really freaking cute. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I cannot believe you. Oh, well, I know what to get you for Christmas then, though. Hey, I would. I like I said, I probably I would never be able to pull it off, and I would not wear it. But it's I on someone else, especially on someone as beautiful as Brigitte. Hey, I, yeah, I, I'll take it. It was pretty. All right. So then, then the girls are um, going to restaurant Jean Michel. <laughs> yes, yes. They go and... to like this rooftop where they have a view okay. of the Eiffel Tower. And do we think this is the first time the guys have done something like this? Or was it like I mean, maybe an older brother told them about the yeah, trick? I, okay, I'm thinking that because they're, they are, yeah, they're 13-year-old boys. I doubt that they've pulled this that many times before because they're so young, but maybe. I just felt like it wasn't new. Like it wasn't, yeah. I was like, this this is not the first time either well, them or they someone caught? in their family. You would, think, you would think that if they had done this before, they would know not how not to get caught, but they get caught well, anyway. They put, they put a biker jacket on top of the not trespassing side. Yeah, and of course, you know, because they can't, because uh, French police have object permanence or don't have object permanence. So if they can't see it, it doesn't exist. They are 13-year-old boys. I know 33-year-old yeah. men who would also think this way. <laughs> yes, well, we we see them having to be taken home to the embassy in a police car because they were <laughs> trespassing on this no, but before, Okay, so before they get there, though, before they get yeah. to the embassy, I had to, I laughed out loud at Brigitte's, like, one line to Jeremy, which was, they're, they're okay. It's women, it's women's intuition. I know. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. really? LOL, Brigitte. Women's intuition? Really? <laughs> I like how she basically, they get to the gelati. They call it gelati instead of gelato. I don't know if there's a difference, but they get to the gelati stand on the side of the street and she's like, oh, I want to share a chocolate gelati. And he's like, oh no, I don't like chocolate. I only like vanilla. And she's like, well, I like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, okay, what chocolate, please? <laughs> I understand it's supposed to be like sexy or whatever, but it was like, okay, is your whole relationship just her telling you 
what you like now. Like, do you have to, like, this is, that Honestly, was not that sounds great. like the perfect relationship to me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, okay, so, um, you know, first date, second date in, and he's already whipped. So that's good. Yeah, that's, again, perfect relationship. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Then we get to them getting in trouble, Jeremy growing a pair and standing up for himself. And quits. Yeah. And quit. Wow. Yes. But not before having like talked to the girls in confidence about his water treaty work that the ambassador is has been ignoring. Oh, of course. The, yeah. You, you because that the, becomes like, important later. Yeah. The A the A line plot for sure of this movie is the water yeah. treaty. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I yeah. forgot about that. Sorry, guys. I'm well, I just I'm I'm mentioning it now because it plays a very big part later on. <laughs> okay, all right, and then we learn. I feel like the most significant part of this movie, and maybe you will or won't agree with me. Don't care. Is that we learn that Grandpa has big Joe Biden energy when he's like some people want me to retire but i still have oh. a little fight left in yeah, me and i like, was i was sitting there like Biden. i was sitting there like that <laughs> meme with the lady with like all the equations floating around her head yeah um yeah. trying to figure out the math here because he says that he met his wife at at the end of world war ii he was a soldier in world war ii he came back and met mm-hmm. her when he got back from world war ii in paris let's say let's say he was 20 yeah, so end of World War II was like 19, what was it, 1960s? Is that really off? Is it 1950s? I I'm think it's in it the 50s, my friend. Uh, World War, I'm going to look it up because I want to figure this out. <laughs> um, it lasted from 1939 to 1945. It was 1945. So literally, okay, so if he was 20... In 1999, it would have been 44 years after that, so 64. But then that doesn't make sense because he says that him and his wife were married for 45 years, and she's clearly dead now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it, 40, if, if they got married in 19... Say they, they got... He proposed to her in 1945 or whatever, because he says that he met them and that he met her and then almost immediately got engaged. Yeah, he, she um, should have... Yeah, say they got no, married in 1945 you know there's no way to be 45 years we know what there is because uh if they get married in 1946 like say they get married in, a year after they get engaged that would make 45 years then wouldn't that be 1991 i mm, guess so then she could have okay, died yeah. in 91 and then but, but yeah but then so then he's like he's got to be like almost in their 70s he's in his he 70s 70s yeah Okay. 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 That makes it checks out though. Then, because I was like, I just that that timeline feels so shaky to me. I don't. But also, you know who else it is? Is it his seventies? Joe Biden. Again, isn't Joe Biden, Joe Biden in his eighties? I think. I think Probably. Joe Biden. I don't. I think care. Joe Biden's like eighty-two or something. Like. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, use Google anyway. Maybe we shouldn't be able, allowed to use Google while we record for authentic purpose, authenticity purposes. You mean you want us to sound like complete idiots to our listeners? I mean, it wouldn't be a change for me. Okay, he's he's eighty. He is eighty. He's not eighty-two, but he's eighty. Okay, well, he just turned eighty. Oh, he was born. He was born. 
three years before this man met his wife. His uh, wife. <laughs> he was born in 1942. Okay, but girl, we are in 2023, not 1999. I know. I know. It's just, it's just funny. Down. Anyway, anyway. Um, full circle. Do you think? Wait, wait. Do you think Joe Biden saw this and he's like, "I've got it. I've got a path for my second, for my for the second leg of my career." Yeah. I, I'm, I love that your confidence in the fact that Joe Biden has sat down and watched the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie <laughs> Passport to Paris. <laughs> well, in his mind, it's about, it's a story about a man who people want. No, it's a story about foreign policy. It's a story about foreign yeah. policy. He watches this well, movie to make sure that he <laughs> does good French foreign policy is what he does. <laughs> Could you imagine him talking to Emmanuel Macron about this movie? <laughs> He's <laughs> like, if you remember, in the 1999 <laughs> classic, A Passport to Paris, the Americans which, which, got which filmed, the French French filmed, which filmed in Paris without any fucking permits. Our bad. <laughs> well, just so you know, two young twin girls got the French Prime Minister to sign a treaty. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, then we get to the uh, a plot of the movie which is the water the water uh treaty yes dinner. yeah so the dinner scene <laughs> the dinner so they they have so uh, something that we didn't mention earlier on is that the grandfather has been working all week towards this very big like state dinner with the pre- the french prime minister um to talk about this water thing um there's like a clean water treaty that the Americans want the French to sign so that they'll work together towards cleaner water. Um, and so the dinner happens and the girls, the grandpa is all mad and mean because they snuck out that one time um, and say that they can't go to this dance that Jean and Michel invited them to um, because he is punishing them and he wants them to go to this dinner with the French prime minister instead. So he gets them these dresses and they wear them to dinner and this dinner scene. First of all, the dresses are amazing. They're the same exact dress, but uh, Melanie's is red and Allie's is black. And they're like these spaghetti strap tank top dresses with like, like, Embroidered. Floral, like floral detailing or whatever on the top like and embroidered bottom. Fl- uh, flowers or whatever yes yeah. and, and they have these cute little blacks like uh sling slingbacks and they're very cute very cute um also all the shoes in this film steve madden just so you guys know oh i did not know that i love their big yeah. mules they're like they're black mule clogs those oh, were and they had them in this movie and they were iconic also in yeah the they were they're amazing um but anyway so this dinner scene is a work of art <laughs> <laughs> this is probably my favorite scene in the movie um, for so many reasons wow, big words big words yes because they they bring back so many things from earlier in the movie like they they like do so many callbacks and they're like very subtle and not like overstated. So like right before they go down to dinner, you see the girls reading out of like this black like binder talking about the mercury content is 27 mm-hmm. parts per million or whatever. And and you're when when you watch that, you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> like I have no idea what this is about. And then it comes full circle. Because that's like they use it in their speech about the water. And you're like, oh, they were studying Jeremy's like writing his like treaty that he was writing for the water stuff. I don't know what he was writing. It was a thing. 
Um, he was probably writing um, a white paper, like a research paper to like show people like why the why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then there, earlier on, we didn't mention either of these things, but earlier on in the movie, like when they're out to the restaurant, they're at, like eating at restaurants, Melanie like makes some side call, comment about, she's like, why is everybody drinking water out of bottles here? Like mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. happened to drinking water out of like a sink? And Michelle is like, oh, well, you know, if, if you drink water out of the sink here, you'd get pretty sick or whatever. And she's just like, oh, okay. Um, and like, I didn't think of anything of that when that happened. I was just like, oh, okay. Fun Paris fact for you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then there's like a time when they're at dinner, that very first dinner where they jinx each other. Like they say something at the same time. And I think, uh, Allie jinxes Melanie and they establish that when you get jinxed, you can't, you can't talk until someone says your name. And so, yes. They bring that back in here, too, because, like, they're in the middle of this big speech, and they both say something at the same time, and they both jinx each other, and then they both look at each other, and they're like, uh, what do we do? Because, like, they can't speak because they've both been jinxed. And then the their grandpa just goes, oh, uh, oh, right, um, Allie, Melanie, and then they can speak again. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. It was so funny. <laughs> anyway, the the actual plot of the scene was that like they get Francois to like pour dirty water in the cup of the prime minister. And then when he freaks out and he's like, what is this about? Why did you do this? And they're like, well, if you sign the treaty you can have better water. And they like, you give all these like French facts about like Napoleon Bonaparte, like creating sewers Aqueducts. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they like that. It's all, it's just so, <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, well, ambassador, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that your granddaughters are much more convincing than you are. And like, and then he signs the treaty because these two teenage girls convinced him to. <laughs> And they enact actual real good for it French foreign policy at this dinner. I just think it's amazing. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. But Joe Biden has a lot of grandkids, and maybe that's by design. He saw this movie and was like, you know who's going to help me in my career? Grandchildren. I'm going to tell my children to procreate. Yeah, well, they got to watch this movie and study up. Because Mary-Kate <laughs> and Ashley did it with a certain flair that is really necessary. Well, it's it's really never going to match the original, you know? Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, the only other <laughs> comment I had about this scene um, at, towards the end of the movie was that poor Francois always gets spit in the face. Yeah, he got wine spit in his face earlier and now dirty mud water. Poor guy. And also, I mean, escargot wasn't necessarily like a spit in the face, but I'm sure it felt like one. So yeah. I'm putting that in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets all the all the food face moments, like you said. Okay, so then the movie kind of ends with them being able to attend a video heads performance. The boys come and yes. dance with them. They get their first kiss. Uh, Jeremy and Brigitte also kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. They did the exact same thing because like with the girls and Jean and Michelle, they do like one tiny little innocent kiss on the lips and then hug. And then uh-huh. when it when it got to J- Jeremy and Brigitte, they they do a kiss on the lips 
and then they hug. And I'm like, that is not what adults would have done. They would have oh, just kept kissing. Like they would have started with making the, out. With the, oh, did you see the post credit scene though? I watched, yeah, the, I watched all the post credit scenes. I don't remember that being There's in like one they, of the- They were actually hardcore making out. And then he stops and goes, kids movie. <laughs> what? No, I watched the whole thing. Oh my God, I must have missed that. I have to go watch. Because it was all just outtakes. I watched like all the way- yeah. So it was like kind of like them, not like hardcore, hard, like not porno, like pornographic, but like yeah. the kiss was like oh, longer, longer and more substantial than the girls' kiss. Uh-huh. And then they stop, and he goes, "Dang and he it, I was." That's what I was wanting in the scene itself. Dang it, I should go back. I should go back and try and find that scene. How did, I don't know how I missed that. That's amazing. <laughs> Seth and I laughed so hard. Oh my gosh. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, speaking of my husband, we right. Wait, are... before before we get there, <laughs> okay, we'll we just there. Okay. just just to finish out the summary. Basically, they go, they have their first kiss, blah blah blah. Then they go um, back to the embassy and they say goodbye to the, all the staff. Um, and they get in the limousine with their grandpa to catch a plane back to the United States. And he surprises them and says, "I'm coming with you. I need a vacation." Um, and so and now Jeremy they have to spend. Yeah, and Jamie got or Jeremy got re- uh, rehired and a promotion. Now he gets to do policy stuff because, like, the water treaty was his thing that the girls ran with. Um, and now they get to spend even more time with their with their grandpa, but in America. Uh, and then the movie ends with them in some truly iconic out- outfits, which we will get to later. Um, walking out of their house, reading a textbook, trying to figure out where they want to visit next when Shane and Kyle come up and ask them out again. And they mix them up. Like the girls mix the boys up and they get really offended. Um, and because apparently the girls care about that stuff, uh, which we didn't talk about, but they did like a test to see if John oh, yeah. and Michelle yeah. could like tell them apart. So anyway, they mix she mix they mix the boys up. They get offended and the boy they like turn the boys down and then they walk away uh reading their textbook talking about Africa and Rome and stuff. But Helene, wouldn't you get upset if you had a sister and no one could tell you apart? Yeah, I mean, that would be frustrating if I were a twin and even like the guy I like thought that, you know, I mean yeah, it would suck. It would definitely suck. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why they care, is what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, no, it's, um, not, it's, not, it's not unwarranted. They just care. Okay, so, so speaking of my husband, as we were talking about the post-credit scene and how much we laughed at kids' movie line, yes. um, in this show, we're going to do, we're trying out something. Well, everything we're trying out is new because it's a new show, but we're trying out something a little bit more new, which is giving a voice to the voiceless in our society, which is white men, clearly. And so what we've asked of my husband, Seth, is that he watch everything that we are watching for this show, <laughs> uh, keep his thoughts to himself, record his thoughts on a voice memo. And now Helene and I are going to be listening to those thoughts for the first time live on the show oh my god so, i'm so excited i'm so excited now that okay. we've got all our notes out of the way i feel like it's now time to do this also it's better all right so let's do this this is a movie where mary kate and ashley spend a lot of time explaining france to people who live there one of them usually wears pink and the other one usually wears blue 
And I'm trying to figure out if they're trying to code who Mary Kate is and who Ashley is, like when which one's more masculine and feminine or something. If I was one of those right-wing creeps like Matt Walsh, I would try to film a monetized YouTube video having a shit fit trying to code the gender, gender <laughs> politics of a 24-year-old movie for tween girls. Um, the edible took hold right around the part where they introduced the French chef to McDonald's. Not even the powers of THC can make that food look appetizing. I think this is also why I kept trying to anticipate plot points for Lizzie McGuire movie in Passport to Paris. This movie taught me that the Louvre looks like the 98, Windows 98 screensaver. At no point did I believe this embassy was in France. The interiors had serious 90s Southern California vibes, like it was Rancho Santa Fe and Marshall Applewhite was going to pop out of a door at any time. One of the love interests wears a bucket hat, which is a subtle way of settle, signaling that he's either French, like Serge Gainsbourg, or a fr- pervert, like Serge Gainsbourg. This movie has two actors in it that'll make you say, hey, it's that guy. In this case, those guys are actors Matt McCoy and Matt Winston. I believe there's a lot of cowboy hats in this Nolson Twins movie that's not the Western. Has Zoomers discovered these movies yet? I think they like the clothes. They do like those Chandler Bing-ass pants. (laughs) And I don't think they're going to stop until they successfully resuscitated the Delia's catalog. Yeah. Anyway, apparently this movie was filmed on location without permits, which kind of shows... (laughs) <laughs> Those are my thoughts for Passport to Paris. Thanks. <laughs> my God, is he like a standout comedian? Look at Seth go. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's, sometimes you could hear Olivia kind of cooing. Over, I heard that. Yeah, I heard Olivia. Or doing stuff in the background. Guys, <laughs> just know that. Okay. Wow, so many thoughts. Uh, the blue pink coding, we kind of talked about that already. We talked about the no permits uh, yes. situation. Um, what else struck you from Seth's thorough review of the movie? <laughs> the, the fact that he's talking about Michelle wearing the bucket hat, and it was like, it either means you're French or you're a pervert. <laughs> Oh my god! The hat work, honestly, the the hat work alone in this movie yeah. is just too much. Um, actually, we could just move on to uh, to the uh, fashionista versus fashion fashion victim if you want, or do you want to yes. leave that for later? Okay, let's yes. let's move on to the fashion. Um, for me, the fashionista moment, as in the moment I really I was like, yes, this is this this is working. It was the backpacks. Because they were everything I wanted since I was 13 years old. That has not changed one day. And it's been almost 25 years. I'm still not over it. Where can I find them? If you watched, I, I um, since I watched on the DVDs and we, I had special features, the only special feature that was specific to this film was like a fashion um, like spotlight where this lady who is a random lady is talking about the fashion in the film and she, and I sent it to you so you can watch it later, Adri, but, okay, um, gotcha. but she does say that those backpacks at the time were specifically only in Europe and could not be found in America. And, um, that's why Mary Kate and Ashley wanted to use them because they were like the height of fashion in, in Europe at the time. Uh, but they were not available Bitch. in America. Yeah. That's why I couldn't find any of them. Yeah. I mean, they might be an available. I'm. I'm just. I imagine me living in a tropical island. I already get like 
half of what y'all get, you know, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. United States, like, like, especially in the 90s and the early aughts, like yeah. you couldn't get a lot of the stuff, like, you would only get maybe yeah. half of what was popular, and they knew that that would sell, right? So if I, I if if people in America couldn't find them, imagine how much I couldn't find them. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that I mean it's possible they're available in America now, but yeah, back then they were not available in America, which it's just rude of them to release the movie with something that all the girls would want that they can't get unless they live in Europe. Elitist, yeah, elitist it sucks. Um, all right. So, what was your fashionista moment? Uh, I had a few. I, I actually really didn't have any fashion victim moments. If I guess I ha- if I had to choose, it would just be the cowboy hats. Um, but so I had a few. So the the first one um, that I loved was that um, Allie is wearing this pink head this headband with pink flowers on it, and oh, her yeah. hair her hair is like in pigtails at the beginning of the movie, and then she wears it again when they're in Paris when they go to the Louvre, um, and her hair is just down. But I was obsessed with that that hairband. If I had if I had one. I would wear it all the time. Loved it. Um, and then, of course, their iconic matching out, um, out the black outfits with like the black leather jackets with those yeah. co- colored backpacks. Um, and you see Mel's back- backpack is blue. Allie's backpack is pink. But if you noticed, and I thought this was really interesting, they're wear- they're both wearing these round sunglasses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the they're pink and blue. But the col- yeah, the color of the sunglasses match the other person's backpack. So Mel's backpack is blue, but her sunglasses are pink, and Allie's backpack is pink, but her sunglasses are blue. Um, I mean, tray chic, magnifique. Yes, and but then also another way that they I thought was really like a cool visual cue that they used to like tell them apart is that in that scene, and even like up until like the dinner scene that night when they first get to Paris, Mel's hair is um, flipped out at the ends, and yes, Allie's yes. is flipped in. It's in, yeah, yeah. I was looking at that too. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, and then my favorite fashionista moment was, or my last favorite fa- fashionista moment was um, the very final scene when they're, you know, blowing off Shane and Kyle when they've gotten back from Paris. They're walking out. Um, they're wearing those same sunglasses, except this time they're switched and Mel is wearing the blue and Allie's wearing the pink. Um, Allie is wearing, <laughs> this is my all-time favorite outfit. Okay, so she's wearing like this um, fuzzy, purple tube top with a matching scarf like made from the same fabric of the tube top that goes that's like going over her shoulders and then a silk purple floral capri pants with her like um mule black mules that she's wearing along with her pink sunglasses the pink sunglasses from before and I was like, you are a vision in purple. It is the most 90s outfit. Like, this is just, like, fuzzy and, like, soft purple tube top and matching scarf. I was just, oh, my God. It was amazing. All right. So, um, my faction victims moment, uh, I would like to ban all Caprice. Oh, um, no. I loved Caprice. <laughs> Personally, I hate a Caprice. That's just, that's just me, guys. Oh, I, I feel like them. Um. All the hat work, as I've said in this movie, is atrocious, especially cowboy hats. The cowboy propaganda is tragic at best, uh, (laughs) horrible at worst. Um, And this is the, I will keep you with my last note on the fashion victim. Um, Jean wearing a beret is so wild. um, And also the hat work in this movie is sus. 
that is. Yeah. Yeah. I think you and, and your husband would agree on all of that. So. <laughs> And we listen, we watch this movie. I would make kind of like snide jokes here and there, right? Um, but we watch this movie without us a- exchanging views on anything that happened on screen. Like he like I wrote my notes, he wrote his. He just recorded his voice memo upstairs right before we started. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about this movie <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's got to be tough for you. It is. It's hard. Yeah. Do it for but the art, know. though. We uh, we do it for the fans. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and the haters. Uh, let's get to Feminism 101. Yes. Um, a, moment, a, a segment where we're going to talk about, did this pass the Bechdel test and uh, any other items related to feminism? Helena, uh, yeah. Did, did this pass the Bechdel test? And it, when did it? It actually did. And I have two specific examples of when it did. Uh, okay. the, first, the first we actually um, very briefly spoke about with um, at the beginning when Allie is in class uh, with, her, um, with her friend uh, in science looking under the microscope talking about oh, Kelly's it, yeah. split ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are talking about Kelly's hair and not a man. So there's that. Um, also, Kelly. I was going to mention that as the real true Bechdel test passing moment because yeah. it's like yes they're talking about a, a woman <laughs> they are they are tearing another woman down which is not great but, but also, it is but it does technically pass the Bechdel test um correct uh, and is, then it is if it was pass fail it would technically pass it Yes, yes. And that but and then it also helps because there's this one other moment um where the girls are meeting Brigitte for the first time and uh Brigitte and Allie are talking about their about Allie's French skills. Um so that has absolutely nothing to do with boys. They do eventually go on to to talk about like, you know, oh, like we like reading fashion magazines and going to the mall and and meeting boy and we want to meet boys and stuff. So like they somewhat talk about it later, but Early on in that conversation, they are just talking about French. So well, and Brigitte talks about um, how sh- they should pay more attention to other things than fashion magazines. You know, exactly. So, yeah. You know, technically also passing that test. Um, what was your favorite girl power scene in this oh my masterpiece? Gosh. This is one where. Okay, I think that, like, on a side note, this could be a really fun cold open if we opened with this. But um, it's this quote from when the girls were having dinner with their parents. And Melanie goes, (laughs) sorry, Melanie goes, if we were running the world, there'd be no wars. That's for sure. There'd be so many pool parties and everybody would be in a great mood. Nobody likes to fight in a bikini. Oh, listen, (laughs) listen. The way I looked at Seth and said, were jello fights not a thing in 99? Because. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she said that and I was like, hell yeah, girl who run the world girls. That's for damn sure. But also it kind of doesn't make sense because in 99 there was such a thing as jello fights yeah but to not to 13 year old girls come on that nobody, were aimed nobody, at them. but but also nobody likes to fight in a bikini the guys like to watch girls fight in bikinis yeah. sure but the girls don't necessarily also, like doing it <laughs> it's just i i found a lot of flaws in that logic my favorite <laughs> girl power scene was when brigitte was like 
fuck yeah, I'm smart. Like, I'm also going back to school and doing a Mm -hmm. PhD. What do you have to offer? Yeah, that was my my second choice. My ex was a Grand Prix driver. (laughs) Like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. When she was just Brigitte in general was such a girl power mood. I loved her. Yeah, no, she, you know what she reminded me of? A little bit of like, if the Spice Girls, like, like vibe, but like supermodel. Ooh. Well, they, I feel like the Spice Girls all kind of gave supermodel. I mean, Posh gave most supermodel. Yeah, no, no, but like, energy. you know, in that level of celebrity energy, yeah. but yeah. instead of musician, supermodel. Yeah. I mean, there are people out there like that. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. So, this movie, as all American nationally movies, have two main love interests. Yes. Who were you crushing on? I think we're going to agree on this one. Um, <laughs> uh, ignoring the fact that it's creepy because they're only 13, which I'm just going to. Uh, let's please ignore. ignore that. And yeah. uh, I'm going to. Um, I. The only reason. <laughs> I am able to ignore this. I want to make be clear is we've all Helene and I have watched this, these movies many a time, especially when we were actual children and these people yes. were actual children. We were of, of, of appropriate age. Yes. So okay. um, because, because of that, I think I would have fallen for Michelle because he's the tall, dark and handsome type who's like sensitive and brooding and emotional. Um, and Jean was going to make it. <laughs> What? He's going to be a... He, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Mansplaining. Shush no, you. Anyway. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, yeah. what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't the bucket hat. No, I, I just think Jean... Jean was really cute, too. But his Leo energy was just too much for me. I just couldn't. He was like... I, I would have gotten, like, tired. It's a lot. Well, we agree. I mean, my boo was always Michelle. Um, although when I was watching this movie, I was trying to figure out something. I was like, Seth, who do you classify yourself as? A Michelle mm-hmm. or a John? And he looked at me, not missing a beat, and he said, John. So I feel really? like I made the wrong choice. Yeah. Really? Interesting. So I'm a I'm a girly who loves Michelle, but is definitely married to John, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> that's so interesting. I know, I know. Sometimes, you know, you learn something about your spouse that makes you go, huh, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> true, true. You think you know someone, and then they tell you they're Jean and not Michelle. Yeah, you think you know someone, and then you do a podcast on the 1999 classic Passport to Paris, and you learn. <laughs> and that's how marriages start to crack. Anyway... <laughs> Does it stand the test of time, Helene? That's the real question. Does Passport to Paris still slap? I'm going to say yes. Because I still think that, I think that it didn't, it aged pretty well, to be honest, overall. It aged pretty well. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like super cringy to watch. Um, the only thing I don't think aged well or stood the test of time were the graphics. <laughs> uh, fair. Very fair. It honestly um, wasn't even that, like, poorly acted. It was pretty well acted, to be honest. It was fine. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I will say, spiritually, it does stand the test of time. It, it feelings-wise, yes, very nostalgia, very, like, 
Yeah. You know, it's a moment in time. Yeah. I can access that moment pretty easily in my memories and feelings. Yeah. Technically, though, I will have to give it a failing grade. Really? Only because, no, no, I mean, as in a technicality, right? As in, guys, really? The Louvre? Really, the like, yeah, so right exactly. over, like, re- like, there's like a lot of like moments. Okay. Where I'm like, really? <laughs> question, question though, if they were able to remake the film today with like a normal budget where they could actually film on location in Paris with permits and go inside the Louvre and have good graphics and all of that stuff and not use Comic Sans font, um, but use like the same like script and everything. Would you I still mean, go see it? Would you still Oscar, like it? Nominate that for an Oscar, obviously. Okay, okay, okay. good, good. Because that's kind of and where I'm standing I, at. I want, I want Mary Kate and Ashley to reprise their roles <laughs> as adults, pretending to be twelve year olds. Or they're like they played like the Jeremy role, and they they like <laughs> mentor little girls to in Paris. I don't know. I think that would be cute. I I just think it's more hilarious to have like two 37 year olds play 12 year olds. <laughs> it's our first time at Paris. <laughs> kind of like um what's the that show that like it's like 30 year olds playing like teenage versions of themselves. Oh my god. Oh, uh, pen pen 15. Pen 15. So oh, like, pen, 15. pen 15. I'm like <laughs> all I could think of was like this is us, but I don't think but that's not true cuz no. like they have younger <laughs> actors playing them. Anyway. <laughs> So it'd be like 1015, but password to Paris style. Oh, okay. Perfect. Sounds good to me. <laughs> oh my God. Or, you know, they can recast whatever. I would, I would definitely let it happen. I'd be like, yes, I will give you my hard earned money for this. Yeah. I okay, mean, cool. I went to see agreed. the Barbie movie three times and then bought it. Like, there we go. Clearly, I am starved for entertainment, feminist em- entertainment. Correct. Correct. This is the most feminist movie, obviously. Of course. All right. So, as we uh, any uh, any more passport to Paris thoughts before we close? No, I think I think we covered it. I mean, overall, good movie. I like it. I mean, overall, spiritually, emotionally, a plus plus. Yeah, I'd give it like a seven, I- seven out of ten. 7.5. But I wouldn't I wouldn't mind some reshoots of some yes. scenes. Yeah. Yes, agreed. And don't and don't okay. hit anybody, don't ding people with their with bounce 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 bouncer, bouncer lab. bounce. What are they called? In no, numbers lab. And oh sorry, in numbers lab. Yes. See, I can't even keep this lingo straight. Whatever. <laughs> Okay, let's get to the end of our show where we're going to be talking about the media we are consuming currently that is of this age and stage in our lives. Uh, mine is Professor T on PBS. It is a, a TV show about a kind of like Monk-like professor. Do you remember Adrian Monk? I love Monk. Monk. Love Monk, yes. Who was like always like germaphobic and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is like a less com- like less comedy version of that. So Professor T is a criminology professor. Okay. He has some clear issues about germs and sensory issues. Uh, tragic okay. backstory. He saw his father 
commit su- like his father committed suicide he found oh. his father's body and since then he's been having like these nervous tics and idiosyncrasies what might say um he wears like latex gloves everywhere that kind of okay personality but it's you know uh as as you you know helene but people who may not know me um it's like a crime procedural thing love procedurals love figuring out who the bad guy is and this is like typical like kind of sherlockian individual who has who gets contacted by the police to help in inquiries okay yeah yeah that make that's i love that type of uh formula in a show so sounds yeah. fun so it's pretty good i recommend awesome. it uh right, what about cool. you uh for me this time uh i have two because i'm awful uh, and I can never choose just one. But the first one I put was The Unhoneymooners, which you and I have talked off off mic about it. But uh, it's a Christina Lauren book um, that you've been recommending to me for ages, Adri. And I finally mm-hmm. got to it. And I loved it. Uh, five out of five stars. Um, Olive is one of my favorite protagonists uh, in a long time. Uh, and I'm not usually a fan of like, enemies to lovers well i'm not not that i'm not a fan but it's not usually my favorite trope of like enemies to lovers or like fake dating um which this has both but which um, is funny because it's literally my favorite tropes but yeah yeah um as as uh listeners will soon learn very fast if you weren't already an acupolitics listener i am a big friends to lovers uh trope fan but uh but yeah uh, christina lauren really hit it out the park here they they made a really really funny um just great like well-written emotional book that i loved so uh highly recommend that the unhoneymooners by christina lauren and i believe there's a sequel coming out um soon so that's exciting um Mm -hmm. and then the second one uh my sister turned me on to this um if you are a fan of like true crime or like mystery like puzzles and stuff um as well as like cooking shows there is a show called Crime Scene Kitchen on uh, it's on Hulu. That's where I watch it, uh, hosted by Joel McHale, um, where the it's a it's a cooking competition show. But the cooks have to it's a baking competition show, really. And the, the bakers have to like go through like a crime scene where it's basically a kitchen that has clues as to what uh, what was made in the kitchen, and they have to deduce what was made in the kitchen to figure out what to make for the judges. And then the person who gets the closest to the actual like thing that was baked in the kitchen um, wins. Uh, and so it's basically like deducing and looking for clues and, and um, looking through a quote-unquote crime scene to figure out what they need to bake each week. It's really interesting. I love it. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good time. That's it for our Parisian adventure. We're getting all sporty spice on our next episode as we talk about another dual star entertainment classic, Switching Goals. Well, in the words of NSYNC, bye, bye, bye. Growing Up Millennial is an independent entertainment podcast hosted and produced by Helene Karp and Adri Wilson. Our conversations in every episode 
fall under Section 107 of the Copyright Act, identifying criticism and comment of copyrighted material as examples of activities qualifying as fair use. Helene Karp manages our social media. Adrew Wilson edits our audio and does all our graphics. You can let us know your thoughts by emailing us at gummypod at gmail.com. That is G-U-M-M-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at gummypod. And we are also a newsletter. Go check us out at gummypod.substack.com. It's you. You're live. it's you it's you you. no i said i'll say the bye 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 part you'll do the other part oh i thought you said both like both the (laughs) intro and the outro no No, the intro i already did at the top of the episode okay (laughs) all right (laughs) i just assumed that was the the outro was the whole thing um this is gonna be in our now this is gonna be part of our bloopers at the end all right Anyway, so (laughs) that's it for our Parisian adventure. We're getting all sporty spice next weekend on our next episode as we talk about another Dual Star Entertainment classic, Switching Goals. Did you say weekend? I don't think I did. I heard weekend. Could you do it again just in case? (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't think I did, but I'm sure. That's it for our... Okay.